Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and guests we've been having lately. Thank you again to all my subscribers, for all of you who've been signing up for email lists, signing up on our Patreon.com page to support the show, Patreon.com slash Richard Listens, Instagram at Richard Listens. Please tweet at me, Instagram. Facebook, sign up, subscribe, and listen. Please take the time, send this to two friends that you think might like the show. Without further ado, I'm going to be inviting on shortly my guest today. I'm very fortunate to have gotten to know both the ladies before me who are both, you know, dear friends and entrepreneurs, momtrepreneurs, if they'll allow me to call them that, and who share a similar passion for sport and for helping athletes. And they have come together to form, this is their second company of absolute certainty, which I'm sure they'll mention a little bit about, and the distillery. And since they've brought me in to talk about the distillery and the concept of repurposing athletes. I keep kind of replaying in my head and I hope they'll talk about it. So uh, this idea of what do athletes do when they're in a transition and I'm working with human beings in transition. So what a better combination. Please let them tell it better than me. Wendy and Aero. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on your inaugural show. It's very, very exciting and we're very happy for you. We wish you best thank with you it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. So distillery really is an evolution or an extension of another business that Aaron and I are partners in called Absolute Certainty, which is a business and marketing strategy company that for many years has helped companies a little bit repurpose what they're doing. Many times our clients want to move into an area they haven't been in before or they want to reach a different audience and we've been able to come in 
and help him do that. And one day, Era and I were talking, not just one day, but we talk often about our total passion for sport. And Era mentioned her passion for an athlete journey beyond the playing field. I'm going to let you take it from there. Absolutely. And so that, you know, touching on what you mentioned earlier, Richard, it's really the, the at the core of what we do is helping athletes distill and repurpose their unique, innate athletic intelligence. So, so much of the time when we're talking about a variety of resources for athletes, they have a few different options. They have people who want to come to them and say, hey, so maybe you can move into this realm or maybe you can sort of follow suit and look at what so-and-so might have done. What we really try and do is put that onus back on to the athlete and explain to him or her that they have this very unique athletic intelligence that's not going to dissipate. And they know what that is in terms of their specific sport. They've utilized that athletic intelligence, they've applied it, they've developed it, they've honed it for their entire career. But now as they're approaching looking beyond the life of sport, what does that mean? Where does that go? And so what Wendy and I have done is taken our experience, our professional experience, um, which is again rooted not just in our partnership at Athlete Certainty, but also in my professional experience of 18 years in business management for the entertainment industry and helping people look at what they're going to do next. And so we sit with athletes, um, oftentimes colleges, universities, uh, professional league, team owners, and we have a couple of different options of workshops that we can present to group of athletes or one-on-one strategizing work with individual athletes. Well, I think Aira said it. We really are looking to distill what that person unique attributes are and repurpose it into what they can do in the future. So for example, many athletes have very similar qualities, which we will talk about. But for example, if somebody really has a passion for food or apparel or speaking in public or whatever it is, it's trying to pull that out of them so that they can see what their path beyond athletics is. Because a lot of times, it is true not just for athletes, but we don't know what we want to do or, you know, throughout our lives. And and it's a it's a kind of a best practice that you have when you're a consultant to help companies go through that, that distilling process when they have a challenge. And that's what we're trying to bring to individual athletes one-on-one, as well as being able to awaken groups of athletes they at a university to have that vision that they can take their innate skills and distill it into something else. So as a consultant, you often go through a similar pattern of working with a client. So we just took that kind of best practice and applied it to sports. So for example, when you first, so, you know, when you start with a client, you go through what's called a discovery phase. And that is is the equivalent of, you know, your scouting, scouting the scouting aspect of athletics. Then you want to go on to analysis. And once you've kind of pulled out the information from uh, a client, then you have to analyze that. And that's kind of like training camp. And then what a consultant does is they take all of that information and all that analysis that they have pulled out of their client and they've compared it and they've looked at what's going on in the market to help solve their problem, then you build a strategy. And that's really what a playbook is, is basically a strategy. And then finally, you know, it comes down to execution. And when we work with clients, we can help them execute or they can take it and execute themselves. But at the end of the day, that's their game day. And so for us, it was just a natural transition from what we were already doing to giving an athlete that kind of uh, analogy from 
what to work from. Well, you know, as Wendy and I started to do our work and we're meeting with clients, we're meeting with different organizations, we realized that so much of what we bring to the table is valuable, but we need a bit more. And part of that was that we were meeting individuals who had something that we couldn't address, whether these were, or, you know, organic chemistry issues where they were chemical imbalances, where they were addiction issues that we're just not trained to address in any format. So she and I were talking about how great it would be as we are actively building our network, which we are, we have an incredible network of resources and individuals and companies that we work with as we do our work. We wanted to bring in a sports psychologist who could address some of these issues that we are just ill-equipped to respond to in any way that would be productive to our clients. Well, you know, the challenge becomes in sitting with people and really getting close is that sometimes we become a little disconnected and uh, we don't outreach to the places. You know, there's so many people right now needing help. There's so many teams like RSR Dimension, leagues. You know, there really is no limit to who we can help and in what capacity. You know, it can be one-on-one and it can be groups and it can be lectures. So in realizing my own limitation, the more I'm with people one-on-one, the less I'm out there making those contacts and, and following up. So knowing that the distillery is out there that is, you know, pushing each other to make those difficult calls to reach people in places of influence, the greater compliment we can be to one another. Yeah, it's been happening a lot more lately, hopefully thanks to uh, UBN Radio and this show. Yes, we, how about know, it? Even though this is the first official show, we did have a couple of dry runs, and people are reaching out. They are noticing, and it doesn't always come in the form, I mean, it can be athletic, but it can be people requesting performance or anxiety issue. They then may see the fact that I have uh, the plant towards board and be comfortable bringing out how that anxiety and performance is then showing up. Sometimes it's a, a parent calling in. A, a lot of calls are about parents and teens, and, and perhaps they're seeing the one area where they are succeeding is in fourth, and then when something goes wrong, that's when they want the help. So I've been really fascinated by that aspect because it brings in so many things. It brings in the family issue. It brings out anxiety, the pressure on young athletes today to succeed and compete at a very high level. Uh, and to lose part of what we love about sports when we talk about, which is the fun and the thing that gets us like really excited, right? To do it repeatedly over and over and to pursue the higher length. So, and there's athletes in a variety of different professions, some taking it as a, as a hobby or semi-pro that are reaching out and they want to talk about where they're stuck. Unfortunately, sometimes they're not willing to reach out and so you're getting the call from a coach or somebody who's noticing it. And those are the fortunate ones who have people looking out for them. I was just going to say, I mean, I think it's great that you've touched upon an important point. When and I discuss all the time that so much of the time, you know, by the time someone comes to you for help, they're already in trouble. So how great, at least for Wendy and me, when we think about what we want to be able to offer high school, college athletes, is that they can start thinking about these things before they're even in any type of, you know, distress. And, and you know, it's only natural that athletes become single-minded when focused on their sport. But it's not just the athlete, it's everyone around them, the, the coaches, the trainers, their families, they are single-mindedly focused on one goal. So again, so much of the time, they don't know to reach out for help until it's a little too late, until someone's in trouble. And I was going to add, you know, one of the things we have discovered along the way, unfortunately, is the area that we're talking about is hugely under-recognized as an issue in the world of athletics at every level. And, and so we're seeing that it isn't that people feel like they need to call up, they just don't know. And so when we've been talking to universities, they know there's a problem, but it's not something that they're identifying. You know, a lot of times it's, well, if we have great career outreach or if we provide our students with somebody who can come in and talk 
talk about finances, that that's all the problem. But the reality is, it's not just those those items individually that are going to help an athlete if they, they don't make it into the pros and college is the end of their career or say they have a career ending um, injury. So I think the area that we're all talking about is just becoming something that people are going, wow, it really is a big problem and we need to do something about it. Athletes that are most are the most successful are the ones that are thinking about it sooner rather than later, as is evident by Kobe Bryant, for example. Well, we were very excited to hear Kobe in his retirement speech talk about how he was so fortunate to have had guidance early in his career that allowed him to consider and plan about what he was going to do afterwards to find what he loved, to recognize that he was going to have a career beyond sports because he was going to have a career. When he ended his career, if he was lucky, it was going to be when he was 40. And as we all know, many of us work until we're well into our 60s, 70s, 80s. So I think that the most successful athletes are the ones that start thinking about it sooner. It's quite often experience, quite often experience as a family or as a parent to be at a game. And nowadays, tailgating is at a level that I don't even fully have the training or experience of. And and I love that people come together around sports and gather and uh, make fabulous, you know, bratwurst and dogs and even putting drinking is happening. People are loading up and, and really drinking before they even get to the game. And so the three, the list of three without further ado, and, and not necessarily in this order and according with understanding about thematic experience, first thing is, you know, you know, is there a boundary? Can can it be safe? You gotta may have to test that boundary as uh, somebody who's feeling uncomfortable. You know, is it is it fun? Is it playful? Are they just uh, yelling at that uh, reliever or the umpire? Or is it a place where you start to sense a little bit of anxiety, like maybe maybe it's not the best place to be, and maybe it could be threatening, it could escalate, or there could be a conflict. Uh, so that's number one, is, is create the boundary. Second is self-protection. So if you need to create base, if that is not a safe environment for you or your children, it's okay to move to a seat a little bit further over or temporarily take a walk, take the kids to get a, an ice cream or a snack. I think if removing yourself from the situation might, you know, allow some other people to handle it. There's no reason to walk in a harm's way. Uh, but along with that is this may decrease your fear and anxiety of what's going on, right? Someone may be tense over a, a bad call or someone, you know, taking the lead in the game, lead change, and or losing money on a game. Who knows? So create some space, you know, emphasize self-protection. And the last, uh, and part of that also, last part of that, creating space is support. Do they have a fan appreciation or an usher? Usually there's somebody maybe in a discreet way without, you know, completely calling out that the, you know, disorderly <laughs> group or individual, you can, can let them know that you're not feeling comfortable. And, and most teams in major arenas are there to protect that and want to keep the family environment. So utilize your supports, whatever they may be. And lastly, uh, debrief. You know, this <laughs> de- debriefing, you know, is very important, whether it's with your friends or your kids. What did you just experience? What did you hear? Mm. Explaining to them about behavior, because they may not understand this. Why is someone screaming or cursing? And listen, sports are filled with society. You may get people, or mentioned chemical imbalance earlier. You have all kinds of people that sports mean things to them, and that may be their identity, especially, you know, day games and baseball. You can get cheaper tickets, maybe. I mean, there are people who are really passionate and make it really exciting and dance at the Clippers games. And I mean, they really, you know, can bring an energy to it, but also at times can get really out of control. And so explaining to your kids, you know, about both the positive side of fandom and uh, unfortunately, you know, the ability of other people that, you know, they get out of control. And that may even use language. Some people 
really just fortunately they're not aware of, of what the language means or, or how it makes other people feel. Part of that initial boundary may be testing it. You may, maybe it's not at a level where they're even aware and maybe they are approachable. So, and sometimes you'll quickly find out, <laughs> right, that they have no regard for your space or that there's children present and that would be a good sign. And like you said, it opens up the opportunity for dialogue. And, you know, again, it's for, it's such a massive and far-reaching platform and it allows us to both enjoy the very best attributes of the game and the very best attributes that we as, as either athletes or fans bring to the table or the very worst in us. And so at least, it, you know, it provides you an opportunity to explain if you've got kids present, there are different, you know, experiences we're going to take away from this, yeah. this game day. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. And a lot of, you know, teams maybe, I mean, there's been some with some incidents in particular in Los Angeles in the last few years where there was fan violence and there's sure. been fan violence even in teens and you know, more competitive sport takes over. Yeah. I think it's also pushed the team culture, the owner culture to establish more. How do we encourage sportsmanship, right? Yeah. What is the, you know, I know the, you know, a lot of the youth soccer organizations is all about so parents too. There's a code of conduct. Absolutely. Yeah. Now a lot of people can give lift service to it, but it helps every once in a while if people are from Minded. I know at Dodger games, they'll, they'll flash up there, kind of, you know, what are the appropriate, and it helps to hold that yeah. space for, hey, what are we here for? This right. is a sport. This is a diversion from the stresses of life. This is a release. This is excitement. This is a chance to come out and be yeah. passionate about the team you've loved and your, your family loved and your father loved, and your grandfather loved, uh, hopefully, or, or whoever you want to share that with. Sure. And uh, hopefully that reminder kind of, sometimes people just need, you know, that kind of check. Hey, you know, you're getting a little out of control and, and, they can be redirected and worse comes to worse there's always there's, there's been an increase you know law enforcement presence if you have to protect yourself by asking for, for help absolutely that, that's okay you know this is your space and your freedom to enjoy you know one of the things that we really are trying to say to athletes is that you have innate skills this athletic intelligence which sometimes is measured you know quantitatively physically but actually athletes do amazing things that 
mere mortals like ourselves don't do. And these five tips are really trying to focus on those things that athletes really can take into their next career because it's a natural talent. And there are people in the world who pay lots of money and get training to actually have some of these abilities. So what we're trying to do is highlight some of the ones that we think are the most important. And we cover them in depth through our, our workshops, but also our one-on-one work with clients. First of all, um, athletes are elite athletes because they have a huge desire and it all starts with desire. And so our first tip is to really ignite your desire again for whatever it is that you're planning on doing in the future. Because if you have that same level of passion for sport that you do for your next career, it's really going to take you as far as it did in sport. Our second tip is to get uncomfortable. Now, athletes are so known for getting uncomfortable. My favorite wide receivers over the course of my life are gymnasts who will reach far up into space to grab the most incredibly difficult pass, knowing that they're going to get completely laid on their back and it'll probably hurt really bad. And yet they're willing to do that. If you can keep that level of discomfort in your career beyond your sport, you will be incredibly successful. Pause often. Now, what does pause mean? Pause in sport is connecting back to your objectives as an athlete. And it taught in, in to you as you're coming up through sport. And that pause gives you that moment to reset. And so often in the world outside of sport, people don't know how to do it. They just jump in. And athletes have that innate ability. So use it, use it often. It will be something that will really set you apart from, from your peers and from other people that in, in that industry. Embrace your failures. Now, everybody here knows I use this example. You know, if you're batting 400, that still means you're failing 60% of the time. And athletes are incredible at taking failures and learning from it and excelling because of that. So when you go out into your career beyond board, please fail because it will make you better at what you do. And then finally, athletes seem to have this insane gut instinct. Now, many of us have it, but athletes seem to have it on a certain level that we don't all share. So how does a running back see how to get through players that are falling all over them? Or how does the quarterback know how to pass it down the field and make sure that his wide receiver is going to be there? Please take this really amazing skill that you've honed through your athletic career and use it because your gut often is going to be the thing that helps you excel. And because you can hear it better than the rest of us, it gives you a competitive advantage. And those are our five tips. Thank you very much. I just got all kinds of excited when <laughs> I can see it. I can see you. I was very like, excited. Well, I just, you know. <laughs> I wasn't looking at you, though. I was looking at the camera. I was watching Richard. I saw bubbling over. Well, well, I don't know why I got excited when you, you, you talked about learning how to fail. And I was like, hey, you know, yeah. somehow that, right? So, but that's, that's really what's embracing, right? Not about failure, but transition, right? Learning how to get excited about it. I just thought about telling an athlete, right? They don't even, we don't even think about that, right? I was just thinking about a baseball player. He walked, he strikes out. He kind of looked up and he's kind of walking through. Sure. Yeah. What was the pitch sequence? Where was that one? How did he get me this time? Yeah. And they're, you know, amazing. If they did not, if they, every time they struck out. Uh, right? Can you imagine if, if you were in your job every day and you failed as much? I, I mean, like I'd be a ball of jelly on the floor. You know, I would be devastated by that. And athletes just understand it's part of the process. And well, that's the such an is, advantage. The truth is, we, I, you know, I do. And, <laughs> and we do. We do as, as therapists, psychologists, business people, we do fail. And it's less quantifiable, right? Mm. There's, and there may not be as many people or watching. Stats. Sure. Or stats. But I think they did a uh, study actually on people that left. They did like a survey of people like that felt that their psychologist was actually listening to them right. when they left the room. And the, the results 
results were really <laughs> like when you compared what the psychologist said to what the patient, not necessarily. They didn't necessarily feel they were heard. They didn't necessarily feel like someone really helped them get into that fear. Maybe because they're afraid of getting into their own vulnerability. Sure. Maybe something that comes up triggers too much. Mm -hmm. And so it's safer sometimes not to get into the fear, right? It's yeah. a little bit safer to stay, you know, so there's this kind of testing out process, whether it be, you know, somebody with a major trauma or an athlete, sure. right? And they, will they let you take them there? Yeah. And will they tell you what really, I remember, you know, recently hearing the, you know, they did an ESPN on uh, Bo Jackson, you know, this phenomenal, you know, athlete, and one of the best I ever witnessed growing up and the best on Tecmo Bowl for all you video game lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Make a pitch for Nintendo. I think it's coming back out soon, to, you know, but uh, they were looking at his childhood that and he was not very verbal and he was bullied and picked on sure. and thrown apples at him. So how wow. he got strong, uh, you know, I don't want to oversimplify his story, was from he would throw the apples until everybody went home yeah. and and he would have had one of those powerful arms <laughs> that anyone ever saw as a natural athlete, both in football, baseball, and I think it was also I don't know what level and track and field. But, you know, this idea that, yeah, through adversity, through those failures, through the learning about yourself, you're actually you're growing and becoming becoming better. And go ahead. Do you guys... Oh, I was going to say, you know, a lot of times athletes don't even realize that they have those innate abilities. You know, it's own it's own normal and natural and maybe sometimes even harder than we think. We look at it like it's it's so easy, but you know, that's translated. Yeah, they, and, the yeah. Well, and that's, that's what we right. want to yeah. repurpose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I heard you say distill, I was like, you know what, you know what, how is this different from instilling, right? Mm -hmm. Instilling is like we're putting it in, we're teaching them from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Distilling implies authority and Absolutely. You know, and maybe they're aware of it. Maybe they're not. They just do. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've always been amazing. Or maybe it was something like I just made a story of adversity, which they overcame external, but they may not be able to translate, right? Yeah, what, how exactly. do I identify it? How do I experience it? And then identify it. And sometimes we need people. Who and how do I repurpose? I want to be a, a chef. I want to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter whatever it is that you want to do. How do you take that and use it? your competitive advantage in the world and I just don't think there are enough athletes out there really thinking about it and and it has to come from within you know you can have the best business managers and the best agents and all of that at the end of the day your career as an athlete is going to be over just every great athlete has had their time and we want to extend the fulfillment um, of an athlete life beyond those playing years mainly because we're very passionate and love sport so much and appreciate the amazing gift that we get as spectators and fans of the game. And we really, you know, want to translate that back and give it back to the athlete. You know, a somatic experiencing lens, take a look at, you know, it says a healthy nervous system basically needs to flow between the parasympathetic and sympathetic. What does that mean? So the identity is formed into like parts of us that are, are calm and relaxed and in sync with who we are, right? I'm an athlete, I'm an achiever, I'm going places, I'm strong. And then part of us which may be dissonant. I don't want to see myself injured, hurt, incapable, weak. So, um, you know, my goal with with Johnny or any athlete who's going through something of that grave magnitude, number one is, you know, to understand that when the system goes from the place of traumatic kind of experience to get that injury, that they're going to collapse emotionally. They may go through a period of emotionally collapse, depression, shut down, fear. And so part of what I want to do when someone comes to me and collapse is join with them in that place because at that 
moment, they're going to be probably going through a lot of anxiety comes up when it has to do with confronting who am I, how am I changing, what will what will be for me. So I want to both kind of disarm some of that resistance and anger that you mentioned, that anger that comes up from joining with them. I want to have tremendous empathy for what that's like and to, to kind of walk them through, right? The, what was the vision that you were on the precipice of? What did you see when you're up there and you're being called names for Heisman, even if you didn't win? I'm sure, there was a, quite a vision, a lot of investment emotionally in what was going to happen next and what did you perceive? So it's, it's important not to bring it up just to upset them some more, but to get a real understanding of how much pain there is there. And from that place, I want to get an identity about their capacity. What are their strengths? What are their dreams? What are their visions? What are all the things that made them who they are? And I want to build up that capacity and tie into that vision because from that vision, there's a vision of somebody who's achieving, pursuing, you know, you want to type into those innate strengths like they're talking about at the distillery and get the person identified for themselves. If they can notice that in their own body and their own vision, right, what did they feel like when they were throwing the 50-yard pass, hurtling over defenders? What was that like for them? What did they feel like? Nobody can capture that. We know what the experience is for us and the excitement as a fan or as a coach, but we don't know what it was like for them and what meaning that brought to their life. Well, it's a good point. There may be resistance and there is going to be a little bit of testing of who are you and why do I want you here? And you you were not me and you don't know. You don't understand, especially if, you know, there's people counting on those finances or perception of, of finances or responsibility that went along with that achievement. So there has to be a trust building process. So some of that, but the real trust is in showing them that they have the capacity to go into the pain and come back into the strengths. And it, it's not a simple process. I don't want to make it sound like it's an easy overnight. Yeah. It's a constant flowing and there's going to be times when you're, you're rehabbing or whatever you're doing or even moving towards your next career and there's a stumbling block and it brings back up that failure. So it's a continual, you know, flow between going into the pain and bringing back towards the vision and trying to, to eliminate those periods of time where they're sinking or going back into a collapse and moving back towards their new identity of themselves, helping them to build that. Well, I think that Richard, first of all, did a great job with the, the disarming technique, which we are big fans of. And, you know, and we would follow up with redirecting a bit. So, you know, all, all along when you were a little kid, when you were in, you know, elementary school and junior high and high school and then college, what were some of the things you did to recharge that weren't just about your unique work? Because what we find more often than not is that there there is something, whether it was I need to jump in the kitchen with grandma and bake cookies or I, I want to jump, you know, Richard mentioned the Nintendo earlier. There's some, you know, video games. There is always something that athletes rely on to distract, to recharge. And so we like to sort of redirect and start to talk about that. That sort of is, is the jumping platform. Inevitably, we're going to get back to the sport and we're going to get back to your career and what you did or didn't do. We want to spend some time talking about your passion. Yeah, and in, in finding out what your passions are, you might find the spark of what you can do now and that the point. And when you're talking to somebody about what those other interests are, you'd be surprised how you can reshape it. So for example, Johnny, do you like to talk in front of a camera? Did you love it when you were on camera and the reporter was coming up to you afterwards and saying how awesome was the game and doing the interview? Awesome. And you're a good communicator because I've actually seen you. I'm a big fan, by the way. I'm so sorry about your your injury. Right. So you know how to communicate in front of people. So let's work on that. Let's work on what we can do to take that skill that you're clearly equally as good at and repurpose all of the things that you learned as an athlete and get you to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a presenter. It could be, you could be a motivational speaker. If you like to motivate people, there's many things and it's not, it's not about career development. It's really teasing out 
out from the person what it is that ignite their flame. Because when you find that beyond board, then you can really put them in a place where they can excel as they did in source. And when you've got that passion and that drive clearly identified, then you can create a very specific strategy, a game plan. And you'll see that everything you're saying and do from that point on ties you back to your, your game plan. Absolutely. You can visit our website, com. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens. Hey, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.